0: Student Money Management Center podcast that explores everything you need to know to manage money in school and beyond. Today, we have Andrea Fowler with us, who is a former UNT student who had to go through a pretty tough journey to get her financial life together after college, especially in the area of credit. And now she has written a book called Credit Me to share her story and help other people avoid some of the same pitfalls that she may have fell into and to get themselves out of a tough credit situation. If you like listening to her story, she will also be on campus as part of her book tour in April to talk about her situation and what she's gone through and help inspire you and give you some practical tips for how you can make the same kind of transformation in your own financial life. Could you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes, my name is Andrea T.
1: Fowler, and I am a 2012 graduate of UNT, graduated with my master's here, so this is my second alma mater. Currently, I am a realtor in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and I help a lot of people either invest in homes, buy their first home, buy their second home, or just sell their homes. Whichever one comes into play, I can do residential real estate.
0: And the reason we had uh, Andrea on here today is because she just wrote a book about credit and her experiences with it. And I don't want you to give away the full story because, still, you know, I want people to be able to read the book and buy the book. Correct. But could you give us kind of a short version of the events in your life that kind of brought you to writing the book?
1: So basically, it started out as just a tell-all of how to help people pay- overcome credit issues. And um, it was a blog post that I wrote for my real estate blog, and it's one of, like, the most popular posts on there. And I'm like, oh, I should turn this into a book, especially after helping friends go through the things. And I was like, but just talking about credit is boring. And I'm like, mm, it it's just really is. And so I was like, you know, if I tell my story, it makes it very relatable. And just talking about the things that I did in order to become – better at understanding how credit works understanding how to manage my credit so that's pretty much how the book started and it goes it starts back from my very first relationship when it comes to just credit in general so
0: yeah what are some of the big issues that you
1: faced with credit when you were younger so starting college so mainly credit cards I, I think they probably probably have changed it since when I started school. Like I started college in two thousand six. So credit card companies could just sit out and I did I went to LSU for undergrad. So we had a spot called Free Speech Alley. And they could sit in Free Speech Alley and just like, Hey you want a credit card, you want a credit card? Or they would be like, Hey, you come sign up for this credit card, you get free food. And what college students love? Free food. Yeah. So it was like, okay, cool. I'll sign up. You know, as long as you feed me today, I'll do that. And that was pretty much like the start of it. You know, um, I got a credit card right before I went to college. My mom didn't know anything better about credit cards. She was just like, yeah, I think you may should get one. And so I'm like, okay, cool. It's really pretty. So I'm going to get the rose. Yeah, I remember shiny. So right. I remember this to this day. It was a rose-colored credit card. And I was just so excited. And I think I had a limit of maybe $200, which – now at thirty two hundred dollars I was like, how can you mess up on $200? But at that time, $200 to a 17-year-old was like $2,000. Yeah, it's like, how do I pay that back? Or what does this do? So that was the hardship of it.
0: So I got the chance to read through your book. Mm-hmm. And in it, you talk kind of a lot about um, your mom and some of the financial habits that mm-hmm. you learned growing up. Um How did some of the things that you learned growing up influence your
1: experiences with credit once you were moving out of the house and on your own? I talk about that all the time. Because I always tell people, your relationship with money starts back to what your parents told you. Or if they didn't tell you anything, it's what you saw their relationship about money be. And so when I went out to college, I remember specifically knowing I didn't want to take out student loans. I don't want to do that. I just feel like that's the wrong thing to do. Somewhere I read that during my research in college. So I was like, I shouldn't do it. I'm going to have them. I'm going to pay for it or whatever. And so when I went off to college, my mom's like, well, everything else is paid for except the dorms. I'm like, well, I don't know how we're going to afford the dorms. They were like, they said you can take out a student loan. I'm like, I guess that's good. You know, my mom didn't know. I was basically... I was the first one in college, in my family, to go to college. But I was the first one in my immediate family to go to college. So anything I knew about bills or anything like that, it wasn't taught to me until I went to college. And then I thought I was so grown and I should move on campus second semester freshman year. And that's when everything kicked into gear. That you don't know what you're doing, like this this adult thing. You don't know what you're doing. But I'm in my mindset. I'm I'm an adult. I'm grown. I'm 19. I I know what I'm doing. I had no clue. So, as someone who didn't have
0: that, you know, background, where you're getting a lot of the information at home, Mm -hmm. what were like the most helpful
1: resources that you found to get that knowledge that you were lacking? You know, I never found it in college. I, I just made through. When it came to college, I had no idea. Like. Just financial aid. I would basically get approved for the whole package. You know, I never left anything on the table, basically. The only thing I remember from college that has been helpful even to this day was them telling us how to check our credit reports for free. And I don't know why that stuck with me, but it did. Everything else she probably talked about, which I think that was the only thing credit-wise that they did talk about, only else she told us was how to turn in our time sheets to make sure we got paid. That's (laughs) important. That was. That's, like, the only two things I remember. But there was never anyone, like, sitting down and saying, this is what you should do, this is what you shouldn't do, throughout, like, my, my undergraduate experience. I know, like, just coming here was totally different with just the Student Money Management Center. I'm like, what? We had nothing like that. Like, I wish the one would have given me something like that, that resource. But there, that just wasn't there. So just until it really wasn't until after graduate school that I really, like, got into play of what things were and what would happen.
0: And was there any kind of event that was like, all right, this is it. <laughs>
1: so it was, <laughs> it was a guy. It was a guy. I was dating this guy. And he basically, I remember it, I remember this like it was yesterday. It was like six years ago. But I remember it like it was yesterday. We went on a date. I don't know how we got to this conversation. I was in my last semester of grad school. Actually, I think I probably, I hadn't taken my comps yet, but last semester of grad school, this is summer, so I was a summer graduate. And he was like, Oh, you know, I only date girls who have really great credit. And I'm like, I don't even have a real job. You know, yeah. I was just, I was looking at an internship and I'm like, I'm trying to get them to get me to make me on full time so I can have income after today, you know. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, really? And he was like, I didn't go too deep into conversation, but he was talking about someone else he dated and he was like, You know, their car got repossessed. And I was like, Oh gosh, like he's not gonna date me because I'm nowhere near that. I don't know what my credit score is. I just know it's not great. (laughs) You know, I knew I did so much in undergrad that I had to bounce back from, and here I was, like about to graduate grad school, and my whole thing at that moment was, where do I find a job? It wasn't even about credit. It was where do I find a job? Where? How do I find ways to put money on the table to pay the bills? Because at that time. This was my last semester of graduate school, and I don't know, how, know you, how hard graduate school is, but I took, I was taking nine hours, which is full-time grad school level, and I was working three jobs, like three part-time jobs just to make ends meet and being a full-time grad student. Today is stupid, but at that time, it was like, this is just what you have to do, so that's pretty much what it was, and so when he said that, I was like, oh, I might need to figure that part out, too. <laughs> yeah, so that's really what made the change happen.
0: And once you decided to make that change, what were the first steps that you took to try to figure out how to get from a mess to financially together?
1: So, actually, if we rewind a little bit, there was this one credit card company that would call me harassing me all the time. I think this was like, either I thought was in grad school or I just started grad school, somewhere in between undergrad and grad school, which for me, I didn't take a break, so there was no in-between. So I just know. So say like 2012, 2011, and they would call and harass me every day. And it was, a, it was a collection company, and I was just like, fine, what do I owe you? I'm going to pay it. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to pay it. I'm going to pay it. And I'm like, you just take take $80 on my account to it's paid off. I, I know I can guarantee you $80. So that was the one thing I paid that off. And I was just, I felt great about not having them call me because nobody else would call me, but I also was scared because I was like, Who's calling me now? Who's going to call me now? Because if it goes like that, I'm just going to be a mess. And so what pretty much happened from there was like after the conversation with the guy, I actually started a job like right after that, working for a nonprofit. And part of my job was resident manager slash housing counselor. And it was basically you have to help people with their finances so to help them get into a home. And I'm like, okay, as long as you train me to tell me what to say, that's fine. I can do that. And I took that experience of, you can't help someone else without helping yourself first. And at that time, I wanted to buy a house. And I probably should have, knowing how cheap they were then. Uh, (laughs) But I basically just said, okay, I'm going to be my own, I'm going to be my own person. Like, basically counsel myself first in order to help others. Therefore, I could tell my story. And so... When I started to counsel more people within this program, I was able to tell my story and say, hey, look, I understand. I went through the same thing. And if they did go to college, they were like, yes, there was always the credit card people and all of those things. And just based on the training and the knowledge that I used to get from that one job, I was able to take that and apply it to my own life. And so... Then it became easier. And then I could sit there and say, okay, I'm going to pay this off. I'm going to pay that off. I'm like, oh, now I have no debt, you know, just have student loans at this point. And so that was the thing that's like, okay, I know this is going to be a tougher task to focus on. However, if I can get these little things out of the way, I can uh, surely focus on this one that I know may take some time, maybe a different game plan that I had to start in.
0: So you are, you working with? what you call like a debt snowball method where you're just trying to get the littlest ones out right. of the way until you have
1: more money to devote to the big ones. Right. That's kind of where it started. I was like, oh, that's so much easier. Why didn't I think of that? Because at first I thought I could just, just jump in and just pay everything. It's so that's- hard to focus on everything. Right. And it becomes overwhelming that way. So I was like, okay, if you start here, you only owe this amount. And then, too, I always tell people, you don't have to pay off everything, but you do need to know how credit works. Because if you focus on because I had this one debt that I got in college, that one pretty rose-colored credit card, and that was the one I was like, I learned about statute limitations. And this falls off in a year. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm not going to focus on this. I'm going to focus on things that they could probably still sue me, which I think at that time, I was four years out, so no one could really sue me just because I live in the state of Texas. And the statute of limitations state of Texas is that they can't sue you in four years, so there's nothing to worry about from there. And everything else is within that four years, but so I knew I wouldn't be sued. However, I still wanted to focus on paying the things off. So I had, like, lots of credit cards. Why did a college student need so many credit cards? I don't know. They were giving out pizza. Yeah. They, were, they were. They were giving out pizza and jambalaya, and I couldn't say no. So yeah. that's pretty much what happened. Yeah, and then I think I got peer pressure, too. Like, you had a lot of friends like, oh, that card is pretty. I should see don't give me that card, too. Dumb, dumb. So, yeah, I learned a lot. And I and it's funny because now some of my friends, like, they swear off credit cards, in which I did. I did it um, probably towards the end of my graduate school years. Like, I had a credit card company. Send me a credit card, and there's my name. And I'm like, okay, I had that card for a year before I actually spent something on it because I was scared. Like, I didn't trust myself <laughs> so yeah and that was before i like you know just made myself my own counseling session and but i was scared to use their credit card but once i learned how to manage credit how to use credit cards i i used it but i was scared like i hadn't touched the card for a year and i was like they're gonna close it if you don't at least do something so yeah
0: so how long did it take for you to not be scared
1: anymore? I know you said it was a year before you used it, but was there still some fear? There was still some fear, but I basically, once I went through training, like through my last job as a housing counselor, we always talked about financial perspectives and how to counsel our clients. Because we had a rent-owned home ownership program. And basically, your credit couldn't be so bad because you get to buy the house within like a year's time. So, and I always still people, people would say, well, what does your credit need to be? And I'm like... There's really not a number, we're really looking at what's on there, what could be resolved in a short amount of time to get you where you need to be, which is to be in a home by next year, basically. And so, for me, I was like, I want to buy a home. And at that time, I believe my credit score was like a 585, which if you hear people say that now, they're like, Oh, that's so bad, It's, it's really not if you're trying to get into a home. So, it was 585. And to get into home, I needed 620. Well, that's about what, like 50 points, somewhere around there. So I think in that time frame, it took me probably like six months to go from 585 to 620. And from then, I think I started doing real estate. So I was ready to quit my job and go full time real estate. And it was like, okay what do you do now? <laughs> and so I stayed at that job and I just learned how to really just save money and pay attention to my credit. And I really don't think I, I didn't add any new credit at that time. I just made sure I kept a savings because that's when I developed a traveling habit and I'm like, Oh, I can travel now and I have this and I have that. So that's kind of how it went. But I would say personally for time's sake, it was like six months and I was just being dedicated because I have habits that I'm not stopping. Like I, I learned, these are habits that I'm going to do. I'm just going to budget those habits. You know, yeah. that's basically, and once I'm out, then I have to go back and be like, okay. And my habit is, I like to eat out. That's my thing. I still eat like a college student. I tell people that all the time. People are like, oh, you might spend so much money eating out. I'm like, no, I eat like a college student. Like, I know what days to go <laughs> yeah. to certain places and mm-hmm. what to eat. So I had a routine eating habit that probably cost me probably no more than $40 a week just because I'm like, okay, I can eat here, I can eat here, and I'm going to spend $5 each place. And that's pretty much how I lived throughout grad school, even after grad school. And if that money that I had set aside for eating out was gone, then I'm like, oh, I guess you go grocery shopping and you cook now, which thank God is always the end of Yeah, yeah, I spent too much time. Yeah, (laughs) but that was just what I had to do. It's like I didn't. I knew I didn't like to cook. It's not that I can't. I just didn't like it because I'm like, who's gonna wash dishes? I don't want to do that part. That's the only thing about cooking. It's not that I can't. It's like I don't want to wash dishes. So. I'm not going to cook because I don't want to wash dishes. And people are like, well, that's the dishwasher for it. I will put it in the dishwasher, and I will forget that it's in the dishwasher. <laughs> you still have to press that start button. Right. And then it's there, and you're looking for that pot again. You're like, well, what happened to that pot? I know I had that pot. It's in the dishwasher. You never took the clean dishes out of the dishwasher. So I know myself. So that's <laughs> exactly. kind of okay.
0: Yeah, and you know, if if you know yourself, you can kind of plan in mm-hmm. order to let yourself indulge in the things that you really want to. Without over, you know, overspending in general, right? Right. You plan to allow yourself to do those things. It's not just like, oh, I'm going to impulsively eat out again for the fourth time, today. right? Right. And I always said,
1: well, don't call it a budget out because budget just seems very restrictive. It's like, oh, I can't do. And I'm like, you're going to spend your money. Spend it, plan, plan how you spend your money. And, you, you know, because it's going to get spent regardless. wherever you do, <laughs> it's going to get spent. But if you say, okay, I have this spending plan, and this is where I plan to spend my money, and always keep, because we all have this. I'm a last-minute friend, too. I'll ask friends to do things for me last minute. I always keep, like, a last-minute fun. Like, put it, like, okay, to the side. I have, like, $100 for any last-minute somebody asks me to go out and do something. And I don't really have to be like, well, let me check my account. It's more so, well, how much is it going to cost? okay, that's in my last minute plan, you know, and just because I'm, I'm the last minute friend, meaning, uh, you want to go out and do something? and Maybe because I'm just sitting on the couch board, you know, mm-hmm. but I, I understand everybody has their budget, so in case you don't want to be the the friend that feels like, oh, I never can do anything because I have any money, start setting aside, like, last minute funds.
0: Yeah, and I'm sure that's why a lot of people shy away from budgeting, because they're mm-hmm. afraid it's going to restrict them from doing the things that you want. But right. If you work in the the ability from the start to be able to do fun last-minute things. Right. You can call it, you know, you call it a spending plan. You have a little bit of that, and it doesn't seem so bad suddenly. It's right. manageable.
1: Because you're, you're going to spend your money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, might as well yeah, you that's basically well have a plan. that's basically what budgeting is. Budgeting to people sounds restricted. Like, I can't do X, Y, Z, whereas a spending plan is like, I plan to spend this on dorm expenses because those are going to happen, and I have to pay those things. And then you're like, okay, here's my fun money. Here's my money to save for this trip. Here's my money to save for this car. Whatever it is, you have those set aside. And something that I have to do is I have to psych myself out, meaning... I have to put my money in different places, because if it's in one place, I'm going to be... Even now, I'm going to be tempted to be like, you know, you have money here, so you're really not... broke. But Yeah, because it's there. Yeah, because it's there. And so now, which is funny, I have different accounts in different places, and I know how much are in each account. But if it's not in my main accounts, I'm like, I have no money. And I'm stressed out, too. Like, I have (laughs) nothing... Like, okay, let's go back and look at this again. Like, what happened here? Did did I stay within this where I was supposed to stay? And in my head is that like, I have no money. And so my mom will always be like, you say you don't have any How could you not have any money? And I'm like, well, technically, I, I have money. I
0: can't spend it. Yeah, you can't spend it like
1: <laughs> that's not <laughs> part of this plan. I'm sorry. But that's kind of how, how my mind works. And my friends were like, maybe that's a bigger issue. I was like, no, it works out perfectly fine. I was like, because... If I ever need it, I have a place to go. Right, if there's ever a real emergency exactly. but for day-to-day things. Right, exactly. But just to be like, oh, I want to go to this concert, and it costs $200. I'm going to go get it from this fund. That's not enough reason. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's the thing I've done, too, is I have it in a separate bank. Mm-hmm. So I don't have a I don't have a card I can spend. It takes, like, a couple days. And it's until I start, you know, planning impulsive purchases days in advance, Right, I can't use it for the things <laughs> that, you know, just exactly. happen to come up that aren't planned for.
1: Right. Because I started a credit union because of that. So the credit union was close to my job at that time in Dallas. And it was not far from my home because I live in Louisville. So it was in Carrollton. It wasn't far from home. But it was a good drive. So it's like, if I'm going to drive that far, I really need it. So, And I tell people sometimes it's all about what works for your mind because everyone looks at things differently when it comes to just what their mindset is based on. So. Yeah,
0: and you take advantage of your laziness and yes. gonna put it somewhere that there's just going to be way too much effort to spend
1: right. that money. Right, and so it's like, if I go there, I really, really need it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, so you mentioned your friends and peer pressure before. Mm-hmm. How do you make sure now that you have – the right people in your life that are helping you reach your financial goals and not tempting you to make unwise financial decisions?
1: Um, I'm, I think it's because of right at this point in my life, I'm very honest with myself. So I don't think I'm peer pressured as much. I'll be like, I, I'll, even in the book you read where I'll say, you know, if you overspend in the category, you have to take it away from something else. And I remember just recently I had a trip back to my undergraduate school for homecoming and the cost was like, okay, this, I budgeted a hundred dollars. Now we're at two. So <laughs> I was like, I guess getting my nails and hair done is not going to happen. Yeah. It's like, thank you. You know? So I could have been like, you know, I could just go over and do this and this and do but I don't want to have that stress of that. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay i go this month without doing those things I really love to do. And then it made me question, well, do I really want to do that? Because I really want to have this done, you know. So that's kind of the questions that you have. And I'm never pressured with friends. And I think we've gotten to the point where most of my friends are kind of financial savvy as well. And some of them I really didn't have to tell what I learned. Some of them just were. And so there's no peer pressure. It's more so like, mm, no, that's not going to be smart for me to do it. I'm just not going to do it. And, and I'm usually that friend, like, okay, fine. No sweat on my back. I'm not going to be like, well, I can't go if you don't go. And I think it's. It's part of growth and learning as you get older. Yeah, it's realizing Mm
0: -hmm. that it's okay to not do every single thing that everybody else does or have every single thing because you have a bigger goal in mind than what that one thing is going to help you get to. And I don't have
1: an issue with FOMO. I do not. (laughs) I am perfectly fine sitting on my couch and watching your Instagram pictures. (laughs) I am
0: perfectly fine with that. Yes, because you'll be sitting on the couch with money in the bank.
1: Exactly.
0: It makes it feel a little bit better.
1: Right. I had a friend, it's funny, while I was coming here, I had a friend texting me. Because, well, she's not from Louisiana. We're family from Louisiana. And Saints are playing the Cowboys on Thursday. And she's like, we should go to Texas Live and go watch the game. I'm like, mm, traffic in Arlington. Those are two things I'm not trying to do. So I'm going to say no. And she was like, why not? I'm like, traffic in Arlington. is <laughs> not what I'm trying to do. Right, you have Texas Live is right by all the stadiums in Arlington. Yes. And I'm like, traffic. I've been in Arlington, though this time I was traffic and it's an audience which is a good hour away from where i stay I'm, like, I'm not doing that that you know i'm like put the cost of putting gas I, it, it doesn't fare out for me and i'm like plus i'm going to dc next week so i'd rather save my money to do more tours in dc mm-hmm. than to go watch something that i would be happily find to watch on my tv
0: yeah i went to texas live the other day not realizing that it was when the tc or the tech baylor game got mm-hmm. out it was a nightmare <laughs> exactly were in arlington so yeah, exactly. i can relate to not wanting to be anywhere near there when there's I was like, anything happening
1: i'm not gonna do it i'm good on that
0: <laughs> yeah, you rather have a nice vacation in dc than uh, right. sit
1: through that traffic because in sure. dc i'm going to a wedding so i've already said okay i'm only dedicating the actual wedding day for your wedding because <laughs> the rest I'm not of it is all for me yeah because i'm not in it and listen so the wedding is next Thursday. And we're leaving Saturday morning. So, I'm like, I'm going to spend Friday going, like, tourist stuff that I didn't get to do the last time I was in D.C. So, I'm like, I'm going to get in. Whatever you have planned on Wednesday, I'll do Thursday, your wedding. Don't ask for me on Friday. <laughs> yeah. My own thing.
0: So, yeah. So, if you could go back and give some advice to mm-hmm. yourself your freshman year or to another student entering their freshman
1: year of college, mm-hmm. what advice would you give then? Look for scholarships. Tons of scholarships go... Without anybody having, tons of scholarship go unused. Basically, Um, I wish I would have done more scholarships, and I I went for scholarships. I just wish I would have done more than what I did do. Therefore, I could have had college paid. Which, in all honesty, college was paid for. I just couldn't afford to live in a dorm. However, if I tell myself at 18 what I know now at 30 is you probably should have stayed in the dorm <laughs> longer than you thought it was easy to move off campus You're like oh it's cheap to live off campus but something I noticed here UNT you can pay like your I think it's like off campus but it's still on campus and you can pay it monthly whereas at LSU it was like the dorms you had to pay straight up by the semester and I was like well, I'm gonna get four thousand dollars, like you know, because mm-hmm. I grew up low income parent household, so it's like, where, the, where are we gonna find four thousand dollars to pay? You know, if that's not coming financially, we can't do it. So, I wish I would look for more scholarships to at least cover financial aid, partial portion of paying the dorms. Uh, make sure I kept my grades up all the time for that purpose because I think I, think I did great when it came to school up until like junior senior year and it was just like okay we're, we've understood college life and this is good enough i just need to do great to graduate um but i wish i would have changed that focus just so i could understand that and something i would tell someone else too not saying that student loans aren't bad but only take out what you need i i, I keep telling myself as i get older would i have stayed closer to home to go to school and the answer probably still be no 'Cause I think going away from home helped me become the person that I am. I think I just should have probably had planned it better on the house going for it. Yeah.
0: yeah, I'm seventeen hours away from where my parents are like where I grew up and where my all of my family lives right now. So oh, where there's definitely I'm from Wisconsin. Okay. Yeah, there's definitely um some interesting growing that you <laughs> have to do when suddenly you're very far
1: from home. Right. Um, I was only like four hours away, so it wasn't far. But it was more so, I can't go to my mom's house and eat. <laughs> yeah. I can't <laughs> go do laundry. Right. <laughs> I, I can't groceries. do that. I have to pay to do laundry on campus. Um, you have to have gas money. And my parents will send me, like, those things. And it's still to this point to this day. Like, my my parents want to do something for me, but there's not much they can do for me. And my stepdad will be like, I can't pay any of your bills but I can give you gas money. And I'm like, I'll take your gas money. Yeah, Anything. I'll take the gas money. Just You know, they just want to mm-hmm. be helpful. And I'm like, 30. I'm like, I can do and like my mom feels like she still should call and set my doctor's appointments. I'm like, I, I think I can do that. Yeah. But I, I get that you need something to do, so I'll just let you do it. I, I get that. <laughs> Saves me a phone call. Right, right. <laughs> and she's like very adamant about it. And I'm just like, I'm an adult. I can do these things myself. And I guess to my parents, they haven't gotten out of their head that I'm like, and I, it's funny because I feel like at 30, a full-fledged adult. And to my parents, I'm probably just 10. <laughs> yeah. that probably never change. Right, right. Because <laughs> they're just like, well, I can help. What do you need? Are you, my stuff? That is I can always help you. I can always feed you. And I can always give you gas money. Your bills, I can't pay any of those. <laughs> and I'm
0: like, well, just feed me. I'll take that. I'll take that. <laughs> Yeah, it's always nice to have someone there who's just <laughs> there to
1: help with. That's it. They're like, they well, think. I can, you know, do you, are you, I'm like, I think I'll be okay. I was like, do you need help? When then my parents think, because I do real estate, they think um they watch a lot of TV, so they think I make lots and lots of money. <laughs> and my stepdad's like, yeah, I want a tractor. I'm like, you live in a residential neighborhood, what the hell are you going to put this tractor in? So, yeah. yeah. We're not even going to talk about them so yeah.
0: <laughs> so how has all the, how have all of the financial lessons that you've learned help in your new career as a realtor? And what kind of new financial challenges has that brought to your life?
1: So, as a realtor, it's really helped me for the simple fact of always knowing where my money's going. And I think, I, and I tell my friends this all the time, realtors a self-employed, and people don't get that. And they think, oh, don't you work for such and such company? It's like. No, I am an independent contractor who has to be signed up under this individual company. I don't have anyone paying my taxes. I don't have anyone paying for my health insurance. All of that comes out of my pocket. So it's all you. It's all me. Yes. It's like I run a small business. And so, and that's the harder conversation to come to friends too. And I'm just like, sometimes I have months where things are great and I've sold like 10 houses in one month and I'm good. And then the next month it could be, you may have sold one like oh thank god I saved all that so savings become a major part of my day to day because it's just like I don't know what the next few months may bring so I need to know I have enough to pay for my fixed expenses that I'm gonna have every month and don't get me wrong I'll take I take random trips so not all my friends come on my random trips but I'm just like I have those means to do those things However, I'm very conscious on where I'm spending, what am I doing, putting my money to, and where I spend my time on as well, because time is money. So I'm like, I can't, I can't be wasting time, because the time I waste, you, I could have been doing something to help bring in more income to my household. And those are different things that have changed it dramatically there. I now use credit cards to give me rewards, so it's like there's there's a reason to use it. Like, oh, you going to give me money back to spend yeah. money? I'm like, at the end of the day, it sounds weird, but I'm like, if I'm going to use this card, I want to get something back from it. Yeah. So now it's like, you least got to give me gas, something. Like, give me back money if I spend gas on this card. Our, one of my favorite credit cards is the Chase Sapphire card. I know I should probably promote Chase, but that's my favorite one. <laughs> and I love it because I like to travel. So it's like they give me so many points to book it at a hotel and I go in and I pay it off just to get the points and then give me this and give me that. And I always tell people, so most of my trips, I probably didn't pay for it. It's like I probably paid for one trip that bought like two extra trips, you know. So that's how I like to live now. And I've learned to not be scared of credit because I used to be like scared of credit. And now it's just like. I know how credit works and I know what to do I know what happens here I know what I'm looking for I know where I need to pay it down to I know what I need to do to get my credit to go here and now that I know that I don't stress over the things I would have been and I always tell people once you know how credit works and how to build yourself to where it is you don't stress over those little things because just some things are just as simple as pick up the phone and call your creditor and say um. So about that payment that's due next week, I'm not going to have that. <laughs> but I can get $5 or something like that. And it's so funny. When I go back and look at the credit cards that I had in college and I found the collection agency has sent me the letters, the credit card has sent me. And it was like, hey, Miss Fala, we just want to help you out. Like, what do you need us to do? And I'm just like, oh I was like, oh, if I would to open the mail, I would have had $5 to give to them just to keep it going. Mm-hmm. it's just something that's simple. So I always tell people that sometimes it's just simple to answer the phone and say, I really don't have it. I've had this hardship. Or, you know, I'm in between jobs at the time. And whatever that may be, you could just say mm-hmm. that. Because, you know, they want your money. So I'm right. sure they'd rather have some money than, than no nothing. Money. Right. Exactly. And so now that I'm in the business I'm in, I have to help people into buying a home and into buying a home, your finances are a major part of that. Like, major. And people don't realize how major that that is. And I'll have people like, well, I want to buy a house and so my credit's not great. Like, I, and my lease ends next month. And I'm like, so where are you credit-wise? I'm in the five low 500s. We cannot turn it over by next month. <laughs> and so I always say, if you know you may have credit issues, sometimes it's getting in conversation with the lender to see, do you really have credit issues? Because a lot of people think that they do, and they really don't you know and so i'm always able to teach clients that when they come and talk to me and i'm like i can't see your financial picture i don't want to see you but i can help guide you on where you need to go and just to make sure you're getting into the best home that you can get into and it makes sense right now like, i don't want to talk to my clients too much down the road and they're like um they're about to focus on my house so I haven't paid anything. you know i don't want to have people in that position right and so just knowing that piece helps me out with clients and for myself it's like I have no choice but to really really pay attention to my budget and really really watch and see what new debts do I add to myself and what new debts do I need to get rid of ASAP like whenever I bought my house it was like you need to buy off your car you need to pay off your car and I'm like pay off my car you're talking like I have two thousand dollars left on the car I have eight thousand like, and you need to pay it off and I'm like what if I, and then my thing was well, if I pay eight thousand off on the car, how am I going to buy the house? Who's helping me pay for that? Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that's all the money. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like that's that's pretty much what I still had for that particular thing. But I told myself, you know, Andrea, if you look at it, you want to eliminate some expenses for you your home. I always knew that, and I wanted to go into my home with just having student loans, my mortgage. That was it. <laughs> and that's pretty much what I did because I paid off, like, credit cards that I had at that time. And so it wasn't hard. I had a tunnel vision like this is what you need to do. And it I knew my credit score would go up from that. And so I told myself, if I do all of this, I won't buy a new car until I've spent a year of adjusting to living in this home and adjusting to this new payment and making sure everything is great. Like, I'm not going to add too much debt to myself because I am so liberal. And what if I have a month that I don't sell a lot one house? Like, what if that happens? And those are the one-of things that typically can happen, but I want to be prepared for it. Because mm, you mm. never know. Never
0: know. It sounds like you made a really awesome transformation from mm-hmm. starting college with no idea how any of this works to now you're selling houses and getting free trips from like <laughs> Miles and all of this. Um, right. Do you have any final words of wisdom or anything
1: else you'd like to share with our audience? I would just say understand life happens that's pretty much it. Like, you're going to have ups and downs. Life is going to happen. Um, I think just the way you respond to life happening can take you further than what you think you're going to be. And I think that was the major transformation. And I even start the book that way. Just understanding life happens. And when I used to counsel people, they were like, well, this and that. they would feel shame that certain things happen and they have this on a credit. I'm like, life happens. No one's saying you're a bad person because life happens. We're just going to teach you how to navigate life when it happens, hey
0: Where can people find your
1: book? So, you can find my book at any of your favorite stores. Um, I also have a website with the publisher, which is Book Baby. If you go to store.bookbaby.com/slash credit and me, you go straight there buy the book, and anything else you get it from Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Um, books, whichever way you like to read your books, you can get it from any of those websites you just type in creative me and I should put up
0: awesome, thank you so much for being on our podcast, thank you for inviting me I appreciate that once again, that was Andrea Fowler if you have any feedback or ideas for the show, you can reach us at moneymanagement@unt.edu. at unt.edu thank you for listening and I hope you have a wonderful day